My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking about something that all of us deal with. You might be dealing with it right now, or maybe you're close to someone who is, but the subject for today is disappointment and how we can handle disappointment in the appropriate and in the right way. Now, it's interesting What I'm going to be sharing with you today, I recently shared in our church in a sermon on a Sunday morning. And yet, as I was thinking about the radio program for this week, I thought what I would like to do, instead of just editing that sermon down to the proper format for a radio program, I wanted to just talk to you today from the studio about disappointment and some disappointments that I've been through in my life, and maybe that'll get you thinking about some disappointments that you've been through in your life, and then we're going to be thinking about a lady from the Bible and about a major disappointment that she went through in her life and how she handled that so very well. So if you have your Bible today, I wish you would open it to the Gospel of Luke in chapter number two, and we're thinking today about a lady named Anna, and she is a very special lady in God's Word, and yet only three verses in the Bible are devoted to her story. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38, we read about this lady. And what we learn about her is that after she had been married for only uh, seven years, her husband died. And so for the rest of her life, she lived alone, and she was a widow. From the passage of Scripture that we look at in Luke chapter 2, it's not clear if she had been a widow for 84 years, which would mean that she was about 104 or 105 years of age, or maybe she was just 84 years old when this story took place. But either way, she was getting on up in years, and she had been a widow for a long, long time. And so, As we think about Anna's case, we think about not only the disappointment of losing her husband and the heartbreak that that brought into her life, but also the long-term ramifications for her that in her particular case, for whatever reason, she chose to never remarry, and so she was single for a very, very long time. And so she had that part of the disappointment to deal with, too, not only the the, the initial sadness of losing her husband, but the challenge of living alone and living without the love of her life for the rest of her life. And so today, you may be in a similar situation. Maybe you've just lost a spouse. Maybe you have had some other disappointment in your life. But I think as we think about Anna and how she handled her disappointment, we can learn some things today, hopefully we can, that will help us as we face those disappointing and challenging seasons in our own life. And so let me just read this passage of Scripture to you today. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. 
And this woman was a widow of 84 years. Now, again, it's not clear if she had been a widow for 84 years or if she was 84 years old. But either way, she was getting older and she'd been a widow for a long time. And it says that she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And so Anna loved God so much that she spent her life in the temple. From my readings and preparing for this, I I learned that most likely Anna actually lived on the temple grounds. There were places where people could live actually on the temple grounds, and probably Anna lived uh, there, and she just spent so much of her time serving God in the temple, praying, fasting, and serving the Lord any way that she could. And then it says in verse 38, And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now, that's referring back to something earlier in the chapter where we read that when Jesus was just a few weeks old, Mary and Joseph brought him into the temple there in Jerusalem to dedicate him to God. And so as they were bringing in baby Jesus for his dedication ceremony, there was Anna. And her eyes got to see uh, this very special baby because of her devotion and her love for God. And had she turned from God or had she gotten angry and mad at God when her husband had died when she was very young, she probably would have been in her 20s when she became a widow. Had she become bitter and angry and all that and walked away from God, well, she certainly wouldn't have been in the temple praying and she would not have seen Jesus when his parents brought him in for the dedication. And so as I think about what Anna went through, and then I think about the disappointments in life that we all go through, there are just some thoughts I want to share with you today, and I I pray what I'm going to say today will be so relevant, so helpful, so encouraging to you that you will find from God's Word today and from this program, you will find the encouragement and the strength that you need to continue on in your walk of faith. The first observation is this. No one is exempted from disappointment. I'm not exempted from it. Anna wasn't, and neither are you. Now, Anna, we know, loved God. She was a pure person. In fact, it said she was a virgin until she was married. And she then later in life had devoted her life to sharing God's word with others. She was a prophetess. She was from a godly family. The Bible says she came from the tribe of Asher. And so that word Asher means happy or blessed. And so she grew up in a happy home and, and she grew up with the blessings of God on her life. And, and so she, she had everything going for her except she encountered this disappointment in life. And it says to me that none of us are, dis- are, are exempted from disappointment. Disappointment comes to all of us. And I think about what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so I say to you today, the one who is battling a disease or the one who has lost a loved one or the one who's lost a job or the one who's struggling with some depression right now or some anxiety, and you're wondering, how could I be going through this? I'm, I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to do right in God's eyes. And how, would he, how could he have allowed me to go through this? Just be reminded that disappointment happens to all of us. It comes into all of our lives. And really, if you think about it, the most important thing is not the disappointment that we face, but it's how we handle that disappointment. And that's, that's, I guess, my second observation today. How you handle the disappointment that you're now facing is more important than the disappointment itself. And so, 
if you think about that, many times in life, you can't control what happens. Anna couldn't control the fact that her husband had died. You can't control the fact that you have cancer or that you have some other physical problem. Can't always control the fact that you've lost your job. You're having a financial setback. Sometimes you can't even control the fact that you're battling some uh, some depression that just it has come upon you, and you can't control it. But what you can control is your response to that. I can remember years ago in my own life, I was going through a very disappointing season, and I was trying to make heads or tails of it, and I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, and so I called a pastor in another state just hoping that he could give me some uh, some counsel, some encouragement, just some steps that I could take. And as I called that pastor, I was unable to get him on the phone, but I got his assistant on the phone, and I shared with him a little bit of the struggle I was going through, and I said, I know I can't talk to the pastor today that I've called to talk to, but what do you think he would have said to me had I been able to get him on the phone? And this assistant said to me, he said, well, there's no question what he would have said. And he, he told me something that when he said it, it, was, it just became a word from God to me. And it became a real anchor for my life many years ago, and it's still an anchor for my life today. And so I want to share this sentence with you. Hopefully, it will have the same effect on you that it had on me. And here's what the man said, in your right response... God is glorified. In your right response, God is glorified. In other words, you can't always control what happens, but the one thing you have control over is how you respond to it. And so it's, it's the response that is the most important thing. I was thinking a few days ago as I was thinking about people who've gone through disappointing times, I was thinking about President Bush the 41st president. I'm talking about Senior Bush here who just recently passed away and went to be with the Lord. But after President Bush had uh, been the vice president to Ronald Reagan for eight years, he, of course, ran for office and he was elected in 1988 to be the president of the United States. And he served faithfully and he served well. And when his uh, four years that when his term came towards the end, of course, he had to run for re-election and he ran against uh, Governor Bill Clinton. And it was a very contested election, and certainly you remember that uh, Governor Clinton beat President Bush and then went on to become uh, the next president himself. And as that experience unfolded, it was obvious that President Bush was devastated by that loss. He was discouraged. In fact, he went on to say that he felt like he had let the country down and that when he was not reelected, he went through all the emotion of rejection. He felt like the country had really rejected him, and he just had a real hard time with that. Well, time went by, and, and uh, President Bush was dealing with all those emotions and, and what it was like now to, to lose being uh, going you know, for a re-election as president. Well, I came across the letter that President Bush wrote to President-elect Clinton on January the 20th, 1993, you're familiar with the fact, of course, that January the 20th is Inauguration Day. That's always the day that the new president is inaugurated at noon, uh, Washington, D.C. time. And so it's, it's kind of a custom there in the, amongst the presidents that on the morning of the inauguration, the outgoing president writes a letter to the incoming president and puts it in the, uh, 
one of the drawers there in the desk in the Oval Office, and when the new president comes in the Oval Office later in the day, he reads the letter. And so I want to read to you today the letter that President Bush wrote to President-elect Clinton on the morning of January the 20th, 1993. Here's the letter. Dear Bill, when I walked into this office just now, I felt the same sense of wonder and respect that I, that I have felt that I felt four years ago. I know you will feel that too. I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness some presidents have described. There will be very tough times made even more difficult by criticism you may not think is fair. I'm not a very good one to give advice, but just don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this note, and he underlined the word our. I wish you well. I wish your family well. Your success now is our country's success. I'm rooting hard for you. Good luck, George. And when I thought about that letter and, and just reread that letter, I thought, you know, here's a president who had been through, I guess, the ultimate disappointment of not being reelected uh, to the president of the United States. And yet his heart, while broken, was free from bitterness. It was free from anger. And he's wishing uh, President Clinton well. And he's saying, you'll be our president when you read this. And your success is our success. And I'm rooting hard for you. And so I think this is how God wants us to respond to the disappointments we face in life. He wants us, first of all, to be free from bitterness. And bitterness is such a real problem. Somebody has said that bitterness is like an acid that eats away from the inside. And I think that's so very true. A bitter spirit, it talks about in the Bible that it defiles us. And not only does it defile us, it defiles others. In other words, if you have bitterness in you, that is anger, hostility, resentment, that can express itself in lots of different ways, if you don't deal with that bitter root, eventually that root is going to produce some bitter fruit. And it's that bitter fruit that will defile and hurt other people in your in your sphere of influence and in your circle, in your family and in your, the place where you work and in all your friendships. And so we want to live a life that is free from bitterness. And so how do we do that when we face disappointment? Well, we do that by realizing that God is absolutely in control. And so the disappointments that we experience have been allowed into our life. We may never know the reason, or we certainly may not know until we get to heaven why we've had to experience some of the disappointing things that we have experienced. But if we will respond properly and if we will trust God and say, God, I know that you have a purpose for allowing this into my life and you're going to bring something good. And God, the important thing is my response. And what that minister said to me so many years ago is so very true. In our right response, God is glorified. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about that in light of the disappointment that you might be facing right now. In your right response... God is glorified. And so if you will respond, first of all, with faith, God has allowed this into my life for some reason. And then if you will respond not only with faith, but with class, with graciousness, with dignity. R.T. Kendall, one of my favorite authors and Christian ministers, he says this, that we are to dignify the trials that God allows into our lives, to dignify them. 
and we, we are to walk through them with faith and, and, again, with class and dignity, with graciousness, with humility, with love, with forbearance, with patience, with, with kindness. And that's what President Bush was ex, ex, uh, expressing to, to President-elect Clinton when he wrote this letter. He was saying, listen, you've been elected president. You're in and I'm out. But I want you to know I'm rooting hard for you. I'm wishing you well. Your success is our country's success. There was no bitterness in President Bush's heart, even though his heart had been broken by that defeat. And so I encourage you today to dignify the trial. Another one of my favorite pastors, Charles Stanley, says it this way. He says, disappointments in life are inevitable, but discouragement is a choice. Now, you think about that. Disappointments are inevitable. They're going to happen to us. But discouragement is a choice. We don't have to become discouraged. And that's one of the things I love about Anna here in the Bible. She, I'm sure she had been through a season of discouragement and certainly a season of grief and mourning and all that you would naturally go through, but she didn't stay there. She came through that and she devoted her life to God. She became a prophetess. And she lived her life there on the temple grounds, and she's serving God. She's fasting. She's praying. She's in God's house serving God as best she could. And so her spirit was free from bitterness. But not only that, she had hope for the future. In other words, she, was, she had been looking forward to that day when the Messiah would come into the world. And she was in the temple when Mary and Joseph carried the Messiah in. They brought Jesus in to dedicate him. And so she still had hope. I think sometimes in life, even if we're free from bitterness, if we've been through a painful enough disappointment, it's easy to lose hope. And it's easy to conclude and to assume, well, you know, God saw me through that, and I'm not going to be bitter. I know he's in control. I know he has a purpose. But this disappointment was so devastating that I no longer have hope as I look for the future. Friend, that's a horrible thing to way to live. That's a, that's a bad way to look at it. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so God would not only want you to be free from bitterness, but God would want you to be full of hope and to know that even in the aftermath of whatever it is that you may be facing at this time, that God has a future for you. God has plans for you. Listen to this word from Jeremiah 29, 11. God said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And so we have to come to realize that there's life after our disappointment. That thing that you have been through, that thing that you may be going through, is not the end of your life story. It's really not. I think about Job in the Old Testament. You talk about disappointment. Here's a man who lost virtually everything in his life. He lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost his—he had ten children. And the Bible says on one day, all ten of his children died. They were killed. And it was a horrible, horrible experience that Job went through. And yet, at the end of the book of Job, we read that God is doing the work of restoration, that God is bringing healing and wholeness back into Job's life. And God, at the end of his life, had given Job more than he had at the beginning of his life. And so I'm saying to you today that after the disappointment, there is life on the other side of that, and we just have to stay in an attitude of not only faith, but an attitude of expectancy and anticipation, and we ourselves have to have that hope 
and we have to say, God, I don't know what you might do next, but I believe you're going to do something. The fact that I'm still alive means you're not finished with me. And so, God, I'm going to continue to trust you, and I'm going to continue to move on. And that kind of leads me to my third and final observation, and that is this. If you will respond properly to the disappointment that you have been through or that you might be going through right now, God is going to do some absolutely unbelievable things in your life. He did with Anna. Again, she was in the temple when Jesus was carried in there. She got to see Jesus. Had she become bitter and angry, she would have been somewhere else, but she wouldn't have been in the temple serving God. And so if you respond properly, you're going to experience things in your life that you never would have experienced had you not been through whatever whatever it is you've been through. Listen to what it says at, at the end of the book of Job about Job. In Job chapter 42 and verse 10, it says, and the Lord restored Job's losses. And then in another verse, in verse 12, it says, now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning. So there was restoration. There was a future for Job. After everything he had been through, God did some amazing things. And sometimes after a terrible disappointment, we just don't see how God might do anything good in our lives again. It's just kind of like, okay, this is what I've been through. I have to survive. Well, God wants us to survive, but God always wants us to thrive. And so, friend, today, my encouragement to you, and I think really the reason I wanted to just sit down in the studio today and talk in front of this microphone instead of edit an old sermon, I just wanted to encourage you today don't give up. Don't grow bitter. Don't get angry at God. And don't get angry at anybody else either. Whatever you are going through, accept it and receive it as though God has allowed it into your life because the fact is he has. And had God not signed off on it, you never would have gone through what you've been through. Had God not signed off on it, Anna never would have become a widow at a young age. God allowed that. Had Job not signed off on it, or had God not signed off rather on what Job had been through, Job never would have had all those difficulties in his life. God allowed those things into Job's life. It was a test. Satan was behind it in Job's case. Satan was the one bringing all those difficulties into Job's life. But God nonetheless allowed it. And so what I'm saying is we have to learn to receive whatever disappointments we might face in life as though they had come to us through God himself. And you know what? It may be today that for some of our listeners, the, that at least one of the reason, reasons that God has allowed you to face the disappointment that you're facing right now is to get your attention and to cause you to look up. You know, sometimes we have to get knocked down before we ever look up. And it may be that God has allowed you some short-term disappointment and pain and heartache so that you would come to recognize your need for him that you can't make it through life without God, and you certainly don't want to step out into eternity without God. And so God's purpose in allowing your disappointment may be so that you would receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You may have been knocked so low by whatever has happened in your life that you have nowhere to look but up. And I've been in seasons like that. I've been through things in my life, some disappointments that have put me uh, so low that the only way I could look was up. And every time I've looked up, God has done something fantastic in my life. And so today, if you are not absolutely certain that you're saved, would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. Lord, I ask you to save me. I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. 
Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be. In your name I pray. Amen. And friend, if you have prayed that prayer, God has heard it and God has answered it and God has saved you. And, and again, this may well be the reason God allowed you to go through the disappointment. It may be the reason God has you listening to this radio program right now so that today could become the day of your salvation. So I want to say congratulations to you. I want to encourage all of our listeners today, sometime this week, visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. We have podcasts of archived sermons on a wide variety of topics that you can listen to. They're 25 minutes each, so they're not too long. And there's something good to listen to maybe while you're exercising or maybe before you go to bed at night. Also, I would encourage you to contact us and let us know where you're listening from. Let us know how we can pray for you. And let us know how the program might have encouraged you. We would just love, we always love to hear from our listeners. But thanks for being with us today. I hope that you'll have a great remainder of this day. And be encouraged. God's still in control of your life.